what it is. How we roll, you know what it is, what it is. That's just how we roll. All right, back here on the sports grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos, broadcasting live out here, Super Bowl 58, Las Vegas, Radio Row. All right, today's show is being presented by Dosecchi's, and we are broadcasting here from the Maestro to Bell Tequila Studios. Yeah, it's definitely getting more uh, crowded here as we hear chants and everything going on. Um, told you, man, the first guy I'm going to end up going up and talking to was Krakenberger, Bill. I'm like, I don't know why you started following me. He's like, I'll follow you for a reason. I was like, I don't know. I mean, dude's got like 50,000, hundreds of thousand followers. He's like, if you're in the betting, sports betting community, you know. But I just told him, like, yeah, we definitely like to get you on and talk to you more going. So I know it ain't legal in Texas, but but because he's a guy that did, and I don't want to spoil the because I'll you hear me repeat because what I'll talk to him about is what I want to kind of know, but that's no, but you know, um, so that's one to look forward to to tomorrow. Well, either tomorrow we even get him tomorrow for I don't know what his schedule is going to be like, but I just told him if we don't get a chance to get him on this week, we'll definitely get him on at some point. You know, um, I'm all about the long long term connect and uh, relations, but. Um, real quick, um, as we continue to um, go through this, and I wanted to get into the midline report because I know for a while now we've been doing uh, Wednesdays as we look, especially in the playoffs, and we started a little bit before. And speaking of lines, because let me see, because I know when this opened, it opened up right about one and a half to two in some spots. And as we sit here on Wednesday. And, and last week's midweek line was two. For the Niners. Right, right. So when I look here, um, right now it's still standing. It's holding steady still at that two <clears throat> um, in regards to, and I see it here at one spot about minus 130 on the money line, and that's San Fran favored by two. Um, if you look at the first half, San Fran's getting a minus a half. That's basically a pick em, and it's minus 125 also in the first half. Um, and then if you look at first quarters, a lot of people looking and doing do first quarters, they're at a minus half right now, first quarter. And you look at Kansas City's getting actually plus a half and they're minus 160. Um, look, I, you know, as I get to closer Friday, I'll look at this game a little bit more um, in regards to the lines aspect. Um, I can tell you right now, as I said, Wednesday, when we'll let, let's look at this total, it's 47 and a half. And I saw a prop bet today that was being talked and discussed. And I think it's out there, if I'm not mistaken. I could be a little bit off on this. Uh, but the passing attempts for Patrick Mahomes, I think I saw this set at, I think it was 37 and a half passing attempts uh, total for the game for a prop. Now, I don't know what angle that goes whether the, it's it I, i'm assuming if that is under if you're getting plus money with that or you can never but i think the number was pass attempts total pass attempts in sunday's game for pat mahomes i thought i saw it set at 37 and a half right now i'm seeing the it's seeing at 36 and a half so it's 36 and a half is, is what i'm seeing right now, okay. now, huh? now your source could be different yeah. than the book that i'm right. looking at right now um but minus 120 on the over a minus 110 on the under uh, for Purdy. Uh, his his line is set at 30 and a half for pass attempts. Mm -hmm. Well, 
again, and it will, we'll, we'll spit out more props. Uh, and that'll probably what would be the meat of, if we're able to get with Tony come Friday would be the meat of those conversations or what he's like. Cause again, I'm, I'm not a prop person. I've never really studied and, you know, prop bet too much in regards to studying and handicapping that. Uh, but I know when you talk about the Super Bowl, I mean, it's the most betting sporting event outside of March Madness uh, in Northern America. So when you talk about, you know, for years, you've heard of people driving to Vegas, even before this. Now, this is old school. This is before DraftKings, FanDuel's, legalized states with betting apps. This is when you had to really, if, if you weren't talking about a local bookie, okay, um, and stiffening the envelope, when you talk about there would be people to drive or come out to Vegas just to bet on the coin toss heads or tails, which I never really understood that. I'm like, okay, man, we can, I mean, I was, you know, you could bet on coin tosses at, at, in, at lunch in, 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 in sophomore year. Okay. Why, I mean, the coin, coin toss, the coin toss. That's an, to me, not to, not to offend anybody that's that into that or excited about that. To me, that's amateur. Like it's a 50, 50. I mean, it's a 50, 50 either way. Heads to tail people, all heads and the tails never fails. What? And I don't even, and I'm pretty sure there's a, there's a streak of people can tell you, well, it's landed head so many times in the last seven Super Bowl. That's an amateur type of, of, of cap to me. That's just really just <laughs> go to, I mean, well, first of all, you won't have as many odds as the slot machine, but I'm just saying you can just sit there and either way. That's why now other props and now see the, if we just stick on the total passing attempts and, and let me go back to the total in this game, because right now it's at 47 and a half where I see it, the total. <clears throat> now we know that Kansas city, their, their dominant side this season is crazy saying this, but their dominant side is the defensive side of the ball. The 49ers, I told you in the first hour of the show, opening the second segment of the show, that there has been a emphasis put on and, and saying that we were pretty much embarrassed by what we put on film and said it was a hard film and hard film to watch the way Detroit ran the ball on San Fran. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, on the, the way Detroit ran the ball on San Fran. So to me, if you've got a team that's going to have to play good defense, because I do believe – you know, and, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna play Monday quarterback two weeks later and say, well, the Ravens was chopped liver offensively because they wasn't. I'm not gonna go there. But is it easy is it easy to say from a coaching standpoint and a systematical standpoint, maybe not from the quarterback standpoint, but is it possible to go ahead and say that, hey, you know what? This is a situation where this might be the most talented type of scheme of offense that Sam, I mean, excuse me, that Kansas City, this defense has played. Now, I know they played Kyle Shanahan a few years ago in the Super Bowl, but this particular year in this defense, Kansas City, is this their probably toughest test? And I would say probably yes. I mean, I've heard Kelsey kind of say that. And again, Baltimore was a good test. Baltimore, for whatever reason, and that's why I've always said, this is not basketball. Uh, this is not baseball. It's not a four out of seven. You've got to be your best one that that three hours in that football game to be victorious. And that's why it's so hard to win a Super Bowl. But the reality of the point is this could be, and it's probably going to be their toughest test off. And then that doesn't mean Kansas City can't come up, you know, to the challenge. But with that said, going back to the total, 47 and a half, 
I wouldn't be surprised if you see a lot of money start coming in on the under. And if that line drops, maybe and you said you saw it at 46 and a half. So I'm going to take your word for it. Let's just, isn't that what you said? You, oh, that was a past step. You said 36 and a half. So 47 and a half, that's where I've seen it at most spots. So I wouldn't be surprised if this would see a number that you would see, because if you see it drop to 46, like even a 46 or 45, then you know automatically that it's, you know, automatically that there's money coming in on the under. So in that regards, if you look at Kansas City's defense, if you look at there's going to be an emphasis of the running game on both sides from Christian McCaffrey on the San Francisco 49ers, because uh, I know we have this whole debate that's going on in the media right now about Brock Purdy, about the game manager. And is can we stop calling the game manager? And is that disrespectful? Well, you know, we did see Brock Purdy have to, I mean, they didn't get back in that game. Yes, Chris McCaffrey ran that ball well, but Brock Purdy had to make some throws, man, when they were down by damn near 17 points it was with his Detroit. Legs. And he made some plays with his, his legs. legs. And that's probably where he's underrated at the most, to be honest with you. Everybody talks about his precision and his accuracy, but he is on the very cool. He is pretty much, you know, he's got athleticism in him, and I think that doesn't get talked enough about. So I believe there is a chance that you will see this number kind of – this number will dip before. I don't think it's going to – and, again, the betting public, the betting public are mostly over players. And, and I've told you all I don't like handicapping totals either. I've always, you know, said, and I've kind of had discussions with AC about this, that I feel like if you try to handicap totals, that's almost basically sitting there trying to sit there and say, hey – uh, how are you predicting the flow of this game? And I've always had on the side of caution that I'd rather try to basically handicap what team's deficiencies are better based off of the spread instead of really, because that's what, to me, in my opinion, that's what a totals play is. It comes down to what you're trying to predict a, I don't care if you're talking about football, I don't care if you're talking about basketball, college basketball, you're trying to predict a flow of a game. Like, is it going to be a defensive struggle offense? I just don't see that's harder to handicap in any other kind of way. So um, that's kind of where I see that. And and to me, this would be a line that you would see automatically would dip down to 47, 46 on the under. So let's pay attention to that. And I know, like I said, by tomorrow and Friday, we'll look at a little bit more of kind of the prop. But there's so many lists of them when you get to the Super Bowl. From regards to what color the Gatorade is going to be, uh, what color is, uh, you know, who's the, how long, that's an obvious one that's been around for a while. How long is the national anthem going to sing for or whoever's going to sing it? And I know by the time we get here Friday, we're going to take a look at those Usher, you know, songs again. I was even telling AC about this. She's even getting like, oh, that's very interesting. I said, I can't remember what the plus was, but there's quite a bit. But by Friday, we definitely got to look at that before we get out of here in regards to what those on, what song Usher's going to perform uh, first. But there's your midline uh, report for the week. Uh, we'll check in Friday. I'll give you the foundation picks Friday. Same thing. I'll release them here on Saturday. Well, Sunday, Sunday, because there's no last Sunday. So I'll probably, I'll be traveling on Saturday. So I'll release them Sunday before the game. But we'll definitely go ahead and look at more of the props when we get here on Friday. Also, moving on, uh, what else did I want to get to uh, today as well before we uh, call it a day for day one for us out here? Um, Let's transition a little bit into uh, basketball. There's really, I kind of touched in it early, ran through it, but it's nothing really to go in depth about it. Um, I talked about the Kyrie Irving situation with Brooklyn going back and giving them 36 last night. Uh, the who does the Spurs got tonight? Is it the Heat? Was I right about that or was I wrong about that? I know they're playing somebody tonight, but I might be misspoken if it's actually the Heat. 
Um, but they are. But I know the Pelicans and Clippers. That's a very interesting game, um, in my opinion. But who does the San Antonio Spurs have tonight, Mr. Clark? Yeah, uh, and if I'm not mistaken, this kicks off the rodeo road trip in Miami. Okay, that is right. Now, you know what? That lets you know how bad the season's been. That lets you know where this organization is for the most part, that where I didn't even bring up, and, and, and it has nothing to do about being out here in Super Bowl, Radio Row, get distracted. Didn't even dawn, and we didn't even talk it pre-week, two weeks, talk about the Rodeo Road Trip. That lets you know where this organization is at. The Rodeo Road Trip used to be a staple of really finding out where this team is going to be going forward. Pop used to be able to look at this and say, this is about – bunker mentality this is about us coming together on a team now it seems like we're just trying to find out who's batman and who's robin according to a, a, a man back in the 210 according to don harris but the rodeo road trip the, and you know what and we don't need i'm not wasting my time out here to even look at the because i used to like looking at the rodeo road trip schedule like okay man is this one where we're going to predict that they can get seven six games but you tell me it opens tonight in miami opens tonight in miami spurs eight point underdogs which which makes sense um, but the road, rodeo road trip now is really one of those things where it, it still does test the fortitude um, because you are away. And I'm interested to see how it impacts, you know, like Wembenyama because Wembenyama is not home anyway. It's not like he gets to go travel to his home state at any point during the season and maybe get some hometown cooking, you know, uh, see some family. That's not an option for him. Uh, he's dialed in anyway. He's been dialed in since the time he was what, 16, 17, and, and they figured out, well, this guy's, you know, he's been playing a bit longer than that. I think he was maybe 10 and under team with Jeremy Sohan back in the day, um, and he was already like five feet tall, wow. you know, um, five or six feet tall. But I think that that's where, where the test is really going to be. If you look at where they're at on the season, interestingly enough, even though they only have 10 wins, they are they, ha they have five at home and five on the road. So they've uh, they've they've performed evenly God, on the road and at home, despite having ten wins. You and uh, well, we 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 we're not going to get into it away from home in front of a uh, company and everything out here in front of the public. But you're going to hit this home and, and and kill me by braids are cut by a thousand inches with this damn five hundred. Take so I'm assuming we can just we don't have to we can spoil alert for the for the audience if if they somehow prove Jonas right and play 500 ball for the rest of the season you're gonna say that's a successful season I guess even if it to, to Jonas's eyes or, or let me rephrase that not a successful season the growth that we want to see we're, we're heading in the right direction I, I I was dumbing down a little bit for that I'll be a little bit fair not a successful season because I'm not gonna argue with you because it ain't gonna be one even though there was really no expectations this season, but damn. But you'll sit there and say that's enough to say you feel they're going in the right direction if they can hold around 500 to end this season. Well, if, if they can finish around 500, today we, we, have, we have, for the Spurs, they have completed 50 games. They've got 32 left. So by my math, and it's not great, but that's 16 games. Okay? So if they can win, it was 16 wins. That's half, right? If they can right. go 500. So if they go, if they win 16 games down the stretch, the Spurs would have won 26 games on the year. The over/under was set at 29 and a half. So they fall about three games short of going to over. So they fall about three games short of where we expected them to be. Again, despite all the experimentations, despite Wemby having you know not playing back-to-backs and minute restrictions thrown in there, Devin Vassell missing time in November. If you factor all of those things, and they can find a find some way to finish on 500 ball the rest of the way, mm -hmm. then they're sitting there at 26 games.
And oftentimes, and we talk about it in football, and I know that the football can be a little bit different, but look at the Detroit Lions oftentimes, especially, you know, not this year, but last year. It's sometimes it can be how you finish to build that momentum, that positivity going well, into the offseason. That's, that's fair. I'll give it you is, that. It is a very key factor when you are a young team I'll give like you the Detroit Lions. And we're talking about they missed this weekend by one win. Yeah, they missed this weekend by damn two, uh, four to two, four to three. Uh, that's how they missed this weekend. But I hear you, though. I mean, I, that's why I wanted to sit there and not even get in the discussion whether successful season bad. It makes sense to where the proper way, way to say it. It gives some going forward. But we've got Patrick Mahomes' picture behind you. We've got Brock Purdy's picture behind you. And we're talking about the, the, the 10 hey, and, man, 10 and 40 I mean, San Antonio. Let, 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 let me tell you something, man, because I, cause I'm always going to keep it real with the uh, people that take time to listen to me. I mean, how many ways can we really break this game down? Uh, speaking of the Kansas City Chiefs and the 49ers, it, it is what it is. I mean, it's going to come down to who can stop the run and who's going to be able to run the ball the best. I don't think it's a situation. I've got too much respect for 49ers defense and even still Steve Wilkes. I'm not saying this is again. I keep saying it's not D'Amico Ryan's 49ers D and it ain't solace, but they're not going to let Patrick just go ahead and whip it around. And that's why it's only 36 or whatever it was and a half for his pass attempts. So it's so many things that you can break this game around. But I hear you, though. I hear you. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. All right, we are broadcasting live out here at Super Bowl 58, Las Vegas, Radio Row, courtesy of Maestro DeBell Tequila Studios. We'll be back. Texas summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great, bold, and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to ChooseTiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the sports grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producers, spend the one and twos. Today's show was presented by Dos Equis, and we have been broadcasting live out here at Radio Row, Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. All right, courtesy of Maestro DeBell, Tequila, 
And this last segment is going to be sponsored by Zing Zang. Two words, a key to any perfect cocktail, and that is Zing Zang. All right. Don't keep in mind they got a new Michelada mix as well, too, that's come out. I'm going to start educating with y'all a little bit more of that before we get out of here as well this week. Uh, they've got different pre-made alcoholic drinks. They come in all different flavors. Make sure you try those as well, too. But whatever you do, just make sure you always Zing Zang responsibly. That is Zing Zang, official sponsor of the Sports Crush. All right, a couple things before I touch on this uh, Vegas mayor's comments. Like I said, I don't want to disrespect her in her own city, but she don't know who I am as long as I don't get trouble down here because they, they set example out of brothers, man. You know? Yeah, the one thing you said when we were talking about this on Monday is that a lot of people getting arrested down here lately, and now you're going to take on the mayor? Uh, well, our, our, well, our first, first all, day. Well, first of all, she left herself uh, pretty much open on this one, man. It's kind of, I just think she got a lot of people that are not. Like, because you're a mayor of a city, and that's a, a tough thing to do, especially a city like Las Vegas, where you got a lot of tourists and a lot of, you know, they don't call it Sin City for nothing. Um, doesn't mean that you're media savvy. And it doesn't mean that you don't understand, like, because I'm telling you, the difference of, you know, like, this show, I've always done this show. People have told me, like, this show sounds like, when I, you know, when I've had previous co-hosts, not. You know, they've always, oh, this show sounds like guys talking in a beer, talking about a, oh, having beers at a bar. Well, yeah, and it sounds like that. But even though I know there's certain things, you, I sound and talk a lot different than I do based off of FCC violations and everything when I'm talking. But the thing is with podcasts, though, when you get people that are not really in the media business, but there, there's so many podcasts, they get a podcast, they ask to come on a podcast, especially if they are, uh, you know, a politician figure like that. The reality is you get comfortable and you don't understand it because you're not on a live TV or you're not on a live mic on a radio. You just think like you get like no one's really listening to this. No one's this whatever. So when you say certain things, it, 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 she's having to backtrack. But before I get into that um, real quick, um, I think, is it Bet GM that I see over there? Giving them a free plug. You see Jamie's face wherever you go. But they just had Sean Marion. I, and I think, I, I don't know if he's one of the guys that, did, you know, Mr. Old Lights Out Chargers. Guy looks like he probably still fell a drug test. Dude is jacked up, and he's even old. He's he's even old. I don't know how Sean Marion's looking now. Now, I ain't going to go up there and tell him that. But at the end of the day, dude looks like he was still fell a drug test. But anyway, um, that's old school charges, man. That's like I said, man. This is the best move the Spano family has done, in my opinion, in history. I, I you know, I've been very critical of them. Talking about Harbaugh. Yes, I, I've been very critical of them. Of course, you know, it's in division, AFC West. You know, personal. Take the professional off. There's a personal thing there, or whatever. But I've just got to give credit. This is the best decision, in my opinion, because they've had some that has really been debacled. Uh, one, I would say, really letting Ladanian Thomason. Uh, Finish his career in a different uniform. Um, what else is the other one? Marty Schottenheimer, rest his soul. I think Marty went 13-3 and three that year. It was a 16-game season that year. I think they lost to the Patriots. No matter of fact, let me back that up. They went 14-2, and two, if I'm not mistaken. Lost to the New England Patriots, I think, in the division during one of their dynasty runs. And fired them. They've done some boneheaded things, hiring Staley. But this one, and I, I'm telling you, L.A., Cronky family, the Rams, Dodgers, being in L.A., they forced them to go ahead and do that. They had to force them to do that, uh, meaning like they had to make a splash. They had to do it, but props off. 
heck of a heck of a move that they made. Now, what that happens, we'll see. But I'm already on record telling you, I believe he's getting two Super Bowls with him, minimum. I don't know where that fits. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that means to Patrick Mahomes and this continued dynasty they win. Harbaugh is winning a Super Bowl with Justin Herbert. You can salami stamp that one. And I don't throw that one off or whatever. And I've got AC on the record. She's arguing, oh, this guy just, I just think he's overrated, Cal. I said, nah, when they made out, I said, hey, stick with that. You've already put it out there. He's overrated. And I'm the one that used to call the dude the, the golden boy, the chosen one. Because at first, when he came out of Oregon, which, again, my momentum with him, I said this before, died because I, his senior year at Oregon was as good as his junior year. And Salami was high on him. But regardless of the guy can quarterback, man, and he's had to overcome some bad coaching. But I digress. Um, anyway, so – Tomorrow is when we'll be joined by Drew, and then we'll see what trickles down over the next couple of days as well, too, if we bump into anybody. And like I said, more than giving y'all, I'm sorry to sound selfish, and I know it might suck for the listeners, but more to give y'all interviews. You know, there's there's just a little bit too many four, Fortune 500 brands um, out here um, in Vegas and, and, and guys in, in Power of Bees and CEO and market people I want to kind of uh, get to, but we'll see how it plays out. But let's get to, I, I want to come back to this story uh, about the mayor uh, before we get out of here and run out of time. Um, what do you got? You got something you want to add? Well, we do have another guest and speaking about brands, uh, mm -hmm. but scheduled for Friday. Okay. Yeah. Who's that Friday? Uh, we we've got Joshua Butler. Joshua Butler. Yes. Um, and explain to me who Joshua Butler is. Well, jo Joshua Butler is the founder and chief visionary officer at J Butler Golf. They're an affordable luxury golf apparel created to change the cost narrative associated with playing the most strategic networking game on the planet. Uh, so we're going to be speaking with him on Friday. We've okay. got that one already scheduled. Okay. So uh, I wanted to put that one okay. out there, too. That's going to be All a right. phone interview. He's not out here. Okay. Uh, but we're going to be speaking with him on the phone. Okay. All right. And basically, his objective is just trying to how does he make the golf game more affordable for um the less privileged community to play golf. Cause I've been saying that golf is expensive port uh, to try to play. That's basically his objective. Correct? Well, yeah. I mean, it, it comes down from the clothes that you wear on, on the course to, you know, being able to afford golf clubs and you got balls and tees, and then you've got tee time to pay for like, and that, that's where it kind of feels like uh, it is a, a private club in a sense. Yeah. Um, and then there's also not only that, but the, the, the racial barrier that you have to cross into that space as well. And we talk about it all the times how Tiger Woods kind of, you know, did that initially uh, or, or like on a, on a larger scale. Mm -hmm. um, he was the first one to, to uh -huh. really just kind of take, you know, take it and, and, and find the level of success that he has. So um, really looking forward to that conversation. I know you're going to be talking to him here uh, later on today, tomorrow, um, you know, and just, just getting a feel for, you know, um, some more that you guys want to talk about with that. Thanks for reminding me. You know what? I think I'm telling you, I get out here, man, and, and my mind is like, you know, you know, that, that clickety clack and that green and, and purple start thinking, but no. Your eyes, man, yeah, your yeah. eyes have not stopped moving yeah, yeah. since you sat down. Okay, look, Carolyn Goodman. Okay, that's her name. I'm going to call her by name. The Las Vegas the mayor. mayor. And I don't want to disrespect there. She had to work hard to be the mayor of Las Vegas, Nevada. But Carolyn Goodman, she's been the mayor since 2011. Okay, she's doing this podcast interview, and I don't know exactly who the podcast interview uh, is. It was an exclusive with Front Office Sports. Front Office Sports. Okay. Yes. So just, I don't, I'm not going to go to the detail of what she said, but paraphrase. We all know, because we've talked about it, that 
the athletic A's has struck a deal with the state of Nevada and the city of Las Vegas uh, to build a new stadium uh, off the strip, okay, uh, to move the A's down here. Now, the A's have been battling forever to get a new stadium built in Oakland. And one of the dreams, which I didn't even know, I knew they've been trying to get a stadium, but according to Ms. Goodman, one of the dreams of Oakland, the owner and the city, was to build a ballpark in Oakland off the water, by the water, okay? A beautiful ballpark. Well, she's doing this podcast, and she just comes out of, I'm not going to say nowhere, but she comes out and says, you know what? Pretty much, I think it's a mistake. I think that they need to work it out and stay in Oakland. And and look, we talked about this last week. Like we've gone in this flux of teams moving and relocating and going against cities, and you know whether it was the Raiders getting ready to leave Oakland to Vegas, and you know whatever you want to say. And this is the first time in a lifetime that I've ever heard a mayor who is has to be a part of this process when the early negotiations goes on about the land, the property, where do y'all want to put the stadium? Is it hotel tax? Is it taxpayers located? Normally, all that has to be, you know, figured out, and you agree to that. And once you agree to that, I've never heard a mayor come back and say, well, you know what, man? They asked us just really just stay where they're at. Basically what she's saying. So I'm like, what? So I did some more digging. So she says, look, man, and, and I get it. Everybody's got an emotional heartstring. And she's probably looking because, look, there's you remember toward the end of the Oakland year, which was a bad baseball team, by the way, but they had a they had that one game where they had all the fans show up and it was like, yo, sell the team. They wanted the owner to sell the team. We don't lie on us. We can support this team. We just got bad ownership, yada, yada, yada. Okay, so that's been going on a while, and I don't know, maybe that's got to her emotional side. But the point is this. First of all, she even went into a little bit detail why she feels that this is a bad idea. First of all, she's killing the site where she approved. She said it's a it's a traffic nightmare right on the strip where it would go. Okay, I'm like, well, maybe you need to talk to the people down in 210 talking about, yo, we can build a new dome downtown, a new arena. Get the hell out of here. But anyway, she said it'd be a traffic nightmare, okay? But the other thing, as I started digging... Okay, we have a group called it's a teacher's political action committee. It's backed by the Nevada State Education Association, and they filed a lawsuit on Monday, this Monday in state court, blocking the use of taxpayers money to go against it. So let's let's put this in perspective real quick. You've got a situation where you've got the. Mayor who's telling the people of Oakland that they've got to get this right. They, that they should work on this. This makes no sense or whatever you're doing. And at the same time, we've got this educate, uh, this, this teachers of education is being backed to go ahead and file a lawsuit to not allow them to tax. Now, the crazy thing about me is I can hear salami in my ear because I don't talk to him as much as I used to. We stay in kind of, but we've had this conversation before and it's crazy. He hasn't followed this story because he's been away from sports for years now, but he even said, Hey, I'll believe it when they show the dirt be built up because he knows even when he was on this program, he talked about how long this has been going on about the city of Oakland. Well, you can't believe it until you see beans put up and dirt put up. And it's a joke. So it's one of those situations where, you got to wonder, are with this lawsuit being filed now and going for, are they really going to be able to pull this off? But the reality to me is this is, and she's trying to back up, but I just think it's irresponsible for her to put that out there. Like, we're past that point. 
Like you've agreed to be a part of this. You've let them, you've told them, yes, you can build here. So something fishy does not smell right with this. Like something's went sour behind closed doors. And for all we know, and I'm pretty sure, look, this is Super Bowl week. So this story is going to fall by the wayside. But after the Super Bowl's over, I'm pretty sure this story is going to surface again in a few weeks or a month or maybe right before the start of the new baseball season. And we're going to find out, let's mark the tape. We're going to find out something went on with the city of Las Vegas and this mayor with negotiations. This is just my opinion. There's no report to this, but I believe we're going to find out something like this. She cannot be this crazy. Okay. And I don't want to disrespect her because I'm in a city, but you can't make me believe you given them the right to go ahead and build a certain place. You've done this and you're going to go on the record. And she tried to moonwalk a little bit, not Michael Jackson's Motown 25th anniversary moonwalk, but she tried to moonwalk a little bit. But the reality is I think she did this for a purpose because I think almost Jonas, it sounds like she's trying to sabotage something to be like, yo, first of all, y'all told us it was going to do this and this and y'all ain't giving on this. So I'm going to go to tell the public. I think y'all's ass should really stay in Oakland and work it out. That's what it smells like to me because I've never heard anything like this before. Well, I, I don't I don't think it's really so much about that. It doesn't seem so negative in my opinion. I think that she's trying to extend a hand to Oakland A's fans because you don't want like you don't want to lose a fan base when you acquire a team. Okay, so A's fans are very loyal, and and if they were to move to Vegas, you don't want to just lose that fandom. So it, to me, it seems like she's saying, "Hey, a great a new stadium on the water in Oakland would be a great fit." I know this is something that they're talking about doing they, that they want to do. In, but in her statement, and these are just her words, so now I'm going to switch over to her words. Uh, she said, I would, be, I wanted to be clear that I'm very excited about the prospect of Major League Baseball in Las Vegas. And it very may well be that the Las Vegas A's will become a reality that we welcome in our city. Continuing on further down, should that fail, Las Vegas has shown that it is a spectacular market for Major League Sport franchises. So it seems like she's just... You know, again, she's trying to play the fence. Both sides of she's trying to play the fence because she doesn't want it. She doesn't want it to seem like the government is the local government is behind stealing a team. Now, well, I don't know. I don't know who who has to sign off on land permits and building permits, but I imagine at some point the mayor's signature. Well, you know, well, you know me. When you say something, I'll go full-fledged or pushback like no no Jonas not as but I can see somewhat that being the case but I will say this you know what it falls into the Kayla Williams tape like nah man like there's gonna no you can't sit there and say well I don't want let's say you're right well you did kind of still try to steal the team behind them because if if that's the case you just say hey we're not we got the Raiders we've got the Vegas Knights they're Stanley Cup champions they won one already we're not really interested they knew this has been the best this has been the worst kept secret okay other than Gerard Mayo taking over for Bill Belichick. This has been the second worst kept secret over the last 15 years that Vegas has wanted the major league sports to come to town. And it wasn't until Governor Christie at the time fought for four years the state of Nevada to get legalized sports betting and gambling outside of Nevada that really pushed the floodgates to start going. And NHL, and due to the fact that NHL wasn't the most popular sport, it's like the third or last popular sport in North America, they were able to come in here kind of like on the cool. I'm not saying like the Mayflower truck leaving, but on the cool. And now when you start talking about football, because remember, Vegas and football has been talked about for like 20 years. But at that time, 
they wasn't the NFL was nowhere close to embracing gambling like they have. So I think it was all a perfect storm. But to me, that mayor, they've been trying to steal teams to get them down to Vegas because it makes too much sense. Because now that the gambling aspect of it is more popular and now just what they could do. But the first thing, like I said in the early on, I, I don't really agree with anything Dana White says. I'm not even a big Dana White fan, but he's damn right. They, they're got to do something more with the airport. And that's somebody that lives in San Antonio. He's got one of the smallest damn airports in the country that just started expanding their airport uh, a few years back. And all we got is the Alamo and the San Antonio Spurs and the Riverwalk, let alone trying to get all three, four major teams. And you got to block air traffic control and, came, and have somebody stuck at the damn airport for four to five hours before they can get fly. Like, I'm like, do you know the anxiety of that? Like, something you don't want to do and you're just waiting like, man, is this going to be? And then you get on like, hey, we're going to just just let you know this is going to be a bumpy ride. It's going to. And I text Joe because I knew Jonah's gonna land before. I'm like, hey man, weather do you? Oh man, it's okay. It was just a little choppy. It was a rado choppy. Got in that damn flight over there. I'm like, choppy man. That was DJ Screw Chop. You know, Purple Surf Chop is my turbulence. I went through going to bring my ass over here. I had that VIP airplane. Oh yeah, you had. Oh, I forgot. You flew the VIP over <laughs> here. That's yellow. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, man. Um, yeah. So. Again, that's pretty much almost one uh, first day in the books uh, out here at Radio Row. It's kind of crazy, too, because I've got to make – there's some games that I've got to uh, want to watch. Pay attention. i got to know back home it's damn near almost 5 o'clock. Now it's only 2.50, 2.53, you know, but your body still feels that it's on that time, man. And it's kind of – the weather has come out here. It's kind of crazy um, that it's going to be probably like I think the high for most days, like 52, 53 uh, out here. What's the girl's name? Because she's out here, too. I'm already going to holler at her. Not in that way. Um, <laughs> but I, I got to give her credit for what she does. What, what the, you, you put it on with me. The NFL, the girl that does all the NFL takes on social media. What's her name? Yeah, Annie Agar. Yeah. She's out here. And I don't even know. And she's probably, I don't even know what kind of network she's in. She does her own her own thing. It's amazing she does those damn, those videos. But she's kind of hilarious. But I got to give her respect on that. But anyway. That is a wrap for today. Special thanks to the producer of the show, Jonas Clark, getting us up and going day one. Until tomorrow, all right, San Antonio, El Paso, Abilene, people up in the Mile High City in Denver, Colorado, people up in Tyler, people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down Laredo. When that alarm goes off tomorrow morning for you at the snooze button before you're out the rack, just ask yourself, you grinding? Peace. See you on tomorrow. When life sounds too much like this. It's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Maestro Dobel Tequila was born from 11 generations of tequila-making legacy. It is sourced from a single estate in the volcanic lowlands of Jalisco, Mexico, using the finest 100% blue agave. Double distilled and aged in European white oak barrels, Maestro Dobel's commitment to innovation isn't only to discover new ways of distilling and aging, it's about elevating and crafting a superior tequila that is the essence of mastery.
Maestro Dobel is the official tequila of the PGA Tour and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please drink responsibly. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits, and world-class wine to chips, dips, and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, Shout. cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and Seafood Lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. 